All right, mic check, mic check, one, two, what it is, what's up? It's the Mic'd Up Students, and we're back with another episode. Season three has been wonderful so far, and this will be our first filmed episode, so we're glad you're able to finally see us and engage and interact with us. And once again, I'm the home. Malachi. And I'm SB. And we have a special guest today, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure, I'm Ed Mills. I'm the VP of Student Affairs here on campus. Absolutely, and Dr. Mills has played a pivotal role in the creation and and the buildup and the everything, everything behind the mic of students. Yes, yes, and yes. for that, we are f- forever grateful once again. Hey, I'm just glad to be able to be part of it and so that you all have the opportunity. Absolutely. <laughs> and we want to give a little background, at least Malachi and I, because SB, you know, you're mic'd up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I want to hear the story. Yeah. I want to hear the background. And I'm sure, like, the viewers would like to hear, like, how it came about, like, how it started. So, I don't know. It'd be, like, pretty nice to share. Like, who wants to? You want to do it, Dr. Mills? You started. You started. Uh, you, I was going to say Dr. Mills. No, you started. You, start, okay. you know what? Dr. Mills should start. No, but Dr. Like. Mills doesn't know the background. I don't know the background. Okay, okay, okay. So, there you go ahead. basically, and I'm sure a, a couple of y'all have heard it, whoever's. You know, been tuning in, but um, essentially, me and the home were uh, in Dr. Mills's first year seminar class, and uh, it was just a lot of arguing that me and him was doing. He was just <laughs> going day. back and forth, just always just intellectual I, debate. <laughs> there it is. That's, that's a better word. That's a better phrase. Intellectual debating. <laughs> All the time, back and forth, constantly going back, and then I just at each other's throats, just every day. All the time. So it's then like, I. I guess Dr. Mills was like, light bulb. <laughs> so, um, yeah, then he approached it. So I'm going to let you take it over, Dr. Mills. So, so that's, the, that's our backstory. Yeah. We were just at each other's throats in the, uh, in the first year seminar. And then he had an idea for a podcast that was kind of like, you know, like in, in the woodworks, you know, kind of like in the, in the mm-hmm. vaccine. So then mm-hmm. um, me and Homer actually, we, were, we wanted the job. But we had applied for a, like a secretary job, I believe it was. A receptionist. Yeah, a receptionist, yeah, a receptionist job the at the front. And that's when he was like, yo, I got, a, I got something else. Something even better. Something <laughs> even better. <laughs> Different idea. <laughs> it was fun because we, like he asked us to send us our resumes and our cover letters. And we actually learned how to make those in his class, in the first mm-hmm. seminar yeah. class. So I basically just went drag drop from my assignment, <laughs> put it in the thing. And then I sent it off and I got an email like, you know, this is great and all, but... We have another idea. We have an alternate position if you're open mm-hmm. for it. And it was the idea of the podcast. And I was like, you know what? I talk enough without getting paid. I might as well, you know, <laughs> talk more and actually help to try to create a change in the community that I'm coming to. Because mm-hmm. that was one of the things that I said from high school. Like, I want to leave. I want to leave. I want to leave. I want to move somewhere and build <clears throat> another community and build another connection with more people and just keep expanding as I get older. So this is the perfect opportunity for me to do so. Well, and it, it was very obvious from the beginning of the class that uh, the two of you really had your pulse on a lot of the different issues that students were experiencing mm-hmm. and were bringing a very different perspective, a student perspective, to those issues or things that were happening around um, you know, society and the political world, all sorts of things that we talked about. And what I was trying to find was where was the, the student voice just the general student voice in a lot of these issues. And so the idea for the podcast initially was really how can we begin to bring that student's voice, students talking to students about issues that impact students. Absolutely. And that was when I approached uh, Louise Kismission, who's our director of... Louis. Um, Mark Louis. 
<laughs> um, that's really what we talked about. And then it was my experience with the two of you in the class really debating mm-hmm. those issues that I thought this this could be a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this thing could be a podcast I would listen to. Yeah. <laughs> and I do. Yeah. And that's what we do on the podcast. The same thing we did in the class. All the time. It's like he would say something and then I would just completely disagree with it. All the time. Yeah. And then just... We do it in real life. Yeah, it happens the on and off the podcast. Yeah. That's for sure. You should hear how much we do when I'm just at his house on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> just, just it's the same thing, but it's all, all love uh, at the end of it. So, yeah, SB, that's how Mike Up came to be. Mm-hmm. And it grew from literally nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, like we worked with... Everything that we had and Man, worked hard. And I just remember we had every, everything that you see right here was not here when we started. The table wasn't even this shape. That's yeah. true. We had a circular table at first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was different, but. Uh, That's crazy. I remember that. We just kept getting opportunities and, and, and try to take, make the most mm-hmm. of them and, and continue to keep going. So for that, once again, Dr. Mills, we're thankful and we appreciate it. You kind of boosted us in many ways. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I really appreciate listening to the podcast. One of the things that is I'm most concerned about right now mm-hmm. in the United States in general, in the world, but definitely in the United States, is this polarization of ideas where, you know, it, it's become personal to the point that there's no compromise, there's no listening to or considering another point of view Mm-hmm. It's really just, it's, uh, I, I uh, listened to another podcast the other day where, where folks were really saying that this polarization, you know, is, is the most difficult that we've had really since the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's true, where people are right or wrong because of who they are, not because of their ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, where if it's not a Republican idea, you can't get behind it. If it's not a Democratic idea, you can't get behind it. Yeah. And that's not how a democracy works. We need to be able to have these kinds of, of discussions, conversations. We need to debate and consider different points of view. And what you said a minute ago is what's key. At the end of it all, it's all love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all human beings. We're all, uh, you know, the, the folks in the United States here, the folks throughout the world, we're all human beings. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so to respect and honor and consider each other's points of view is what I think is really missing. When I look at the political debate today, it's about wins and losses. Yeah. <laughs> and wins and losses ultimately means democracy will lose. And that's why I appreciated so much the way that you all came at the debate, conversations I've had with Espy about different things. This is about thinking about issues and problems from a broader perspective, honoring and considering the complex and myriad points of view, and at the end of the day, still respecting and honoring and loving each other as people. Human beings. Just like that. I love it. I love it, Dr. Mel. Always so poetic in the (laughs) way that he (laughs) Always, and it always just comes around in the circle and bam, hits you right right in the chest. Right Right in the chest. Man. It's great. Fill it. Uh, Fill so it right there. What, can you explain to us what your position is on campus, Dr. Mills, for those who may uh, not know? Sure. I, I'm the vice president for student affairs. And, um, you know, it is an interesting position. When I was a student, I had no idea there was a position like this. <laughs> uh, even in grad school, I really didn't know <laughs> there was a position like this. So, uh, you know, I tell people, it's, think of everything outside the classroom. So... Everything inside the classroom, the the pedagogy that your faculty are creating, the research, the creative works in the, you know, music and visual arts, all of that is is faculty work 
and faculty work in departments, academic departments that make up a college, that move up to ultimately what is the provost and vice president for academic affairs. Mm -hmm. The things that you see on campus, the buildings, the, the grounds, you know, the facilities, all of that winds up to the CFO or vice president for administration and business. Okay. Everything else you're doing on campus so whether you're living on campus, whether you're in the union, whether you're in record club sports, all of the different things that students do, that's me. So I often tell people the provost is everything inside the classroom. I'm everything outside the classroom, everything that connects the university and students and how we engage each other. That's that's student affairs. It's about 60 departments. So it's a mm. it's a big division. Absolutely. Wow. Sure. Absolutely. And that's what we work under as well. You know, yeah. We work under student affairs. The big boss. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So what would you say is a daily routine for you? I mean, I'm sure not all the days are the same, but a lot of meetings, a lot yeah, of... Yeah, never day, never, <clears throat> none of the days are the same, uh, except that I'm in a lot of meetings. Um, so I probably spend at least two-thirds always of my day, whether in in-person or Zoom meetings, on a variety of topics you know, working with students, faculty and staff, things that are that go on uh, to lead the university. I also spend a good chunk of my day interacting directly with students. Uh, when I first got the job, the then ASI president asked me, what was I gonna do to make sure that I maintained my connection individually with students? And that's critical for me. There are a lot of folks that, that get into these type of leadership positions that are separated from students, that don't see and interact with students every day. I never wanted to be that kind of administrator. Yeah. So I see students every day. Students, you know, whether they're emailing me or writing to me, whether they have meetings with me about any kind of issue you could think of, a financial aid issue, maybe a prospective student, a transfer issue, a student graduating, you know, that has an issue. Um, anything that, that I can help with, or even a lot of students interview me for their classes, that kinds of things. Oh, yeah. So if there's no day that goes by that I'm not interacting directly with students in one way or another, and that's, that's really the best part of my day. Yeah, mm. for sure, because you're not sitting in a meeting. I, I, I don't know how you can do it. <laughs> meetings, obviously I love meetings, and, and, and the only way that you can, is, which is coming out with the solution. But right? you said you said you love meeting. And the only way that you can, because I love coming out with the solution. Like oh, you have okay. a problem in the beginning of the meeting for most meetings. Yes. And then at the end, you hopefully come together. Through Let's hope that that's a the team case. Group. Yeah. You, yeah, you have <laughs> yeah. a team group effort, and then you come out with uh, a solution. Mm -hmm. But the meetings that don't come out with the solution, I, I can't take it. <laughs> I can't do it. It's like if I'm sitting in a meeting, and we're not trying to get somewhere then what's the point of me sitting in this meeting? There are organizations that don't have meetings. It's a very interesting concept when you think about, you know, uh, CEOs that are out there that might lead large organizations that say, if something like that happens, we're all going to get together in the hallway and stand for 10 or 12 minutes mm -hmm. because there's no way to do anything but address the issue and then we're all going to move on. Um, so meetings are a part of the culture of higher education um, but it's not the only way to get business done. And it is, um, uh, I would say, not always the most efficient. That's what I was going to say, uh, efficiency. But sometimes it's, it's needed, especially when you need to get information to a lot of different people who normally wouldn't see each other or wouldn't get together. Mm. So it creates a space 
for that type of work to happen. But yeah, they are, um, I think sometimes we rely, just like we rely too much on email, we mm -hmm. rely too much on meetings. Both of those things can be fairly inefficient. Don't let me get started on the emails, man. Salute. <laughs> I'm going to do it right now, right here on the podcast. Mm -mm. I'm going to give you my true 100% opinion on the formatting of those emails. It's uniform, right? And that's where I see the issue. Like the subject line, even if it's in all caps, mm -hmm. it still seems like it's <clears throat> relatively the same email, and that's what makes me not want to read it. So, but also that it's super long most of the time and when it can be condensed. Honestly, it has nothing to do with the format, at least for me. The main thing for me is just the volume. Like it's mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It can be overwhelming for sure. It's not even that it's overwhelming. It's just I don't. I'm, it's just too much. Like that's just that's just so. Like you, your problem is the formatting. Yeah. My problem it's is the just same. the amount of emails that I get daily. It's yeah. it's, it's a lot. Of it's emails. a lot of emails. Well, and I'm I'm interested to see what will occur in the next generation. So, you know, I was doing emails even before there really was an internet. You know, when I worked at Penn State on, on the mainframe computer. Before the internet was at all available, there were emails going back and forth throughout that system. Mm. Um, there's, we're going to evolve into something else. Email is going to go away at some point in its current form. Yeah. The question is, what's its next form? The mm. reason that email <clears throat> continues in higher ed or to proliferate so much is a lot more to do with compliance than communication. That's what I was going to say. Um, but if you're focused on communication, then you want to give students information in the, in the way that you will, will consume that information. And as you said, in things that are interesting to you. Mm -hmm. More about opting in, more about joining. Social media to me is a, is a, is a transitory, a transitional platform. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just don't know what's going to be after that. Just like I don't know what's going to be after the iPhone. There will be something. I just don't know what it is yet. Yeah, so that was what I was going to say about the emails. I feel as if, like, it, it has become in a way to, like, if you look at the, if, I'm sure if you look at the numbers, the numbers for people that are opening and reading emails is gradually going down, mm -hmm. right? So I feel as if the fact that we, since we continue to notice that the, the numbers of emails are going down, yet we continue to send the same amount mm -hmm. of volume of emails and expect the numbers to go up, it may not be that. It may be that they know the numbers are going down, but they want to send the email out because if then, this, let's say a student doesn't read the email, two weeks later, they have an issue, and the issue has to do with exactly what was in the email two weeks ago, and they can say, oh, we emailed you about it, and then that's their reasoning for it not, for, for not having to help you. Like, oh, we sent you an email about it, it had the date uh, that this was due by, or that you had a hold, or whatever the case may be, and since you didn't open the email, well... But see, the only issue with that, though, is that, like, if you are going to put important... If you are going to send important e emails, you can't, like, cover them with a bunch of... I don't want to say non-important emails, filler. but for it's lack of a like better filler. phrase. Yeah, like, like filler <clears throat> emails. So... A good friend of mine would call that burying the lead. <laughs> no, really. And oh, you really? all taught me a couple of years ago the term clickbait. You know, what, <laughs> yeah. it, what causes a student to, to want to open click. it? Yeah. And, and that, I think, is a huge dilemma. So it's, you know, it's, um, you're familiar with a polarity, what the idea of a polarity is. 
Um, so if you do it, if you think about it in the context of a problem, um, uh, problems that are polarities have, the, have equal priority, but they are different in what they produce. So a polarity problem would be, for instance, we need to email all students to tell them about an upcoming due date, say, for financial aid. Yes. The opposing thing is students have so much email that that email is going to get lost. So if the goal of the email is to get students to do something at a certain date, right, a call to action, mm -hmm. then email's probably not likely to be the best vehicle. Yeah. But we are also required by the federal government to prove that we provided notice. Mm. So you have this requirement from the federal government, and we get audited, and we have to show that we did it. Mm -hmm. And then you have what's the purpose of the email, which is to inform and get students to take an action. Those things are polarity, like two magnets that won't <laughs> go yeah, towards yeah. each other, right? So yeah. um, it's, a, it's a complex problem, but I think it has a lot more to do um, if you're looking at social media now, one of the big criticisms of social media is its ability to use algorithms to recognize what you're looking at and to send you more of that, yeah. right? So this is, there's lots of, of information out right now about how social media does that. The bad part of that is if you're looking at, let's say, a very polarizing issue, it's only going to send you information that is consistent with what you're already reading and you never get to see the other side of that polarizing issue, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, or for instance, the issue coming you know, with Facebook now about how their algorithm promotes certain things and they're saying we don't, they, they do and they don't, right? They do because their algorithm feeds you that information, they don't because you're the one selecting the information. So there's mm -hmm. this argument. If you look at that from the positive side, how do I know, for instance, that say, going back to the financial aid question, one student needs that financial aid information, another student doesn't. I don't know that. Yeah. Only the student knows that. And so it may be that by their clicking on certain things in financial aid, it will raise my awareness that, oh, there's a student that needs, and I can more target and tailor emails than right now, which is sort of the big net approach, right? Here, everybody... Since I don't know who needs it, everybody gets it. Yeah. And that's a very inefficient way to communicate with students. So I think there's an evolution coming. I, I don't know what it is yet. I'm, I'm not a computer scientist, but, <laughs> yeah. but I see it coming. Definitely. And I would say the introduction of the, the Ed Chats, the, the Ed Talks, <laughs> those, especially during the beginning of the pandemic, mm -hmm. when nobody knew anything, what was going to happen where things were going. It was just the calmness of your voice mm -hmm. and the well put statements that you put out that really put a lot of people at ease. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad to hear that. It, you know, I, I knew that doing emails then was just not gonna hit the mark. That we needed to talk to students. And um, uh, I got lots of feedback, you know, uh, good feedback, sometimes critical feedback. All of that feedback is important to me because, again, we've got, you know, 31,586 students. Um, you're not going to have a consensus among your student body. That would be all sorts of perspectives. Mm -hmm. And so all that feedback is critical in making sure that we're at least trying to communicate as effectively as we can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And to go back a little bit, like, you know, 
peak COVID. How was that experience like? Like, I bet within, like, the community, like, here at Sac State, like, everything was, like, super up in the air and scary and confusing. Like, how was that process going about, like, creating these videos, knowing what to say or, you know, it was really, like, the unknown that we really had to, like, discuss about. So, like, how was that? There were days when I made a video and I had to reshoot it the next day because the information changed while I was creating the video. And then that video had to be scrapped. Um, So it was. It was fast. It was scary. It's still a little scary. You know, pandemics are not a usual thing that humankind has had to deal with very often. And so these are scary. Mm -hmm. And it impacts all aspects of our lives. Um, When you first said that, Espy, my first thought was it was lonely. Mm -hmm. Because there were a couple of us, or a few of us, here on campus. Uh, A lot of the facilities and maintenance folks had to stay on campus. The police were here on campus. And me and President Nelson. (laughs) (laughs) And we're in different buildings, right? So I always see him. Provost Steve Perez was around. So being in this building by myself, Lassen Hall, was kind of weird and eerie. And I did not like that. I think a lot of students felt that way at home. Being at home, alone, isolated, cut off. Uh, it's not how we're built as human beings. And so we need social engagement. And the, the pandemic shut a lot of that off for a long time. So that actually kind of, because you, you brought something up that I I thought about. So I saw your video, the uh, the most recent one, about the uh, about the spring semester. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, so so the video was great. The video was great. There, I, was, I was looking through the comments, though. There was just mm-hmm. a lot of negative comments about that, you know, mm-hmm. about, you know, um, you know, the COVID and, and, and what we're doing to, to kind of come back a little bit to more normalcy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's real, right? That's human. Yeah. When we were, you know, looking at the fully online fall term, we got tremendous feedback from students that was like, hey, wait a minute, we don't want to be online. Why are we going online um, back fall of twenty? Um, there was a lot of, of angst and anxiety a- around that, um, and some of that continues. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, a year and a half later, where people have rearranged their whole lives. Mm-hmm. Students have done things that work for them in the pandemic, and now it's changing again. So I very much understand the, the feedback, the worry, um, you know, stu- that students are expressing. It's real. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an, another big change as we bring ourselves back. Yeah. Now, some things will fundamentally stay forever changed. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the number of students who use our online uh, advising appointments has gone way up. Mm. We've struggled for years to have sort of an evening component to advising, but I'll have advisors here and then students won't show up. Mm. But when Maisha Williams, who's the director of the advising center, when she puts out evening appointments online, they fill up immediately. Mm. So, you know, I'm looking at where in our service of students do we continue to provide these online options that students seem to really like, whether their classes are in person or not. They like the online service. Where are areas where I need to be physically on campus so students can physically see someone? You know, the health center is another one of those. We've been doing telehealth and telecounseling but we never were totally off campus because there are students that needed to see a physician, that needed mm. to see a counselor in person. Yeah. So we took all the safety precautions, but we're a hybrid model now. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about classes, 
even though this is another big change, there's, it's going to settle out in some way where, you know, hybrid and online courses become a bigger part of our academic offerings than they ever were before. They were minuscule before. Yeah. Mm. So this, this changes the university forever, but it will be mostly in person. No, it definitely does. I think I was reading, so I was reading through some of the comments in the main the the main um, issue that was pretty much consistent with all of them was just mainly like the timing, mm-hmm. and like I said, I don't know if like I said it was um, decided or if it was still up in the air uh, whether or not we were going to be mostly in um, in person up until now. Like because because that's another mm-hmm. thing too. Like so, like a lot of people were upset. Oh, how come you didn't you know let us know earlier? But um, well, the, that's the, the, the been fl- um, the hardest thing in the pandemic. Yeah. Would I have loved to have let students know in summer? I would love to have let them know that so they could have planned for spring exactly. six months ago. I didn't know in the pandemic whether we were, even when we started the fall semester, we were still worrying whether or not we were going to have to pivot to all online after Thanksgiving. Mm. So it depends on you know the positivity rate, the surge in the pandemic, mm-hmm. how many people in the community are vaccinated, less, how is the spread? Uh, of this particular virus, none of those variables give us the the ability mm-hmm. to predict more than a couple of months in advance. And even that is a prediction. It's not yeah, like yeah. we know. Mm-hmm. If after the holidays for Thanksgiving and Christmas, there's another big surge, mm-hmm. you know, could that on. change things again? It, it could. Yeah. It's not as likely just because of the number of people who are vaccinated, but it's still possible. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one of the reasons that um, we're not able to provide just as much advanced warning. And it's hard. And I, I hear students. That's not easy for them to plan. Yeah. Um, so I get it. Yeah. And it ties into, like, the unknown and how yeah. scary it is and how rapid things change. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I don't know. I totally understand both sides, though. Like, we're That's mm-hmm. another polarity problem, right? Yeah. You want to be able to tell people early, but you can't because you don't know. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. Uh, so with that comes like a question of what are, what is that process like behind closed doors? Because obviously students, they get to hear the decision. Mm-hmm. But what is the deliberation process like? You know, who goes into making these decisions? Does it come from above your guys' head? Does it come from uh, what the students actually want? What Like what is the process like for those? Yeah, it's an interesting question. It comes from everywhere. Mm. Um, you know, some of this comes from uh, the county and the state, you know, uh, health agencies. Some of it comes from the chancellor's office. You know, our vaccination policy is, is a system-wide policy. Local decisions that we can recommend to President Nelson to make, you know, often come from a variety of, of sources. So, you know, students, I think, sometimes wonder, when I send information in, does anybody read it? You know, yeah, well, actually we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those comments, the the worries, the criticisms, all of that goes into it. Uh, ASI represents the students, so Samantha, the ASI president, is in a lot of those meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, you know, solicited uh, information before, but primarily students that write into my office, the president's office, the provost or college dean's offices. We collect all of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's hard because I think sometimes students would like to have a more direct voice. Yeah. But remember, those voices are varied, right? There mm-hmm. are students who are upset that we have too many online classes in the spring. Mm-hmm. There are students that are mad that we don't have enough 
online classes in the spring. There are students that don't like the hybrid model and want that model to go away. So, you know, you have to actually address the entire student body. And the student body is is very diverse and variable in their viewpoints of this. Mm. Um, The individual decisions about a class are made at the academic department level. So if you wanted to know, hey, is this comms class going to be online or in person? It's the comms department and faculty that make that decision. Okay, makes sense. Mm. But what overall percentage are we going for? That's a recommendation that comes up through uh, and that the provost and president settle on. And so we were about 40 to 50% in person in some way in the fall. Mm -hmm. We're trying to move that up to about 70% in the spring. I don't know if we'll get there. We'll get close. Mm. Where it will be after that, I honestly don't know. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. There's so much unknown in, like, the near future. It is. It doesn't seem to be... Like that far, but all these seasons and, and days just fly by. They come quick. So they it's do. Crazy. The next semester comes, whether you're ready or not. <laughs> it, it comes. So for the next semester, what does it look like outside of obviously 70%? Is there any other changes that students should know about that may have been in an email that they're not going to read? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> you know, housing. I, I think uh, that um, that you'll see more life on campus. You know, again. When I said last year, it was really lonely on campus. Um, um, It is wonderful for me to see students on campus again this year. I think the provost, Steve Perez, and I were outside the first day of the semester, and we both almost kind of teared up. I mean, that's how much we're in this this profession because we love students, Mm -hmm. because this is what we want to do. And so spending a year without students was really hard. I think next semester you'll see more students on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I heard a lot from students was, wow, it was so easy to park. This oh, <laughs> no, actually, no. <laughs> like, hey, parking is better. Um, <laughs> but you'll real. see more events. Um, again, it depends on what happens with uh, any kind of surge after the holidays, but the union will be more active. There'll be more events outside. Okay. Um, you know, we now do have some... Uh, limited uh, rec and club sports things going on. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I went to the um, the theater production, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful to be in the theater again, absolutely, and watch students performing live. You know, our music students are performing again. I went to a, a recital again a couple of weeks ago. Um, you'll see more of that. It's been here, but limited. But I think you'll see the campus slowly start to come back to oh. life. Yeah. You mentioned housing, Espy. You know, this is a big issue for us. Um, our North Village is is about 94% full. So we've oh, got wow. a little bit of capacity. Uh, we've got students graduating. So, again, we'll have more capacity for spring, at, and those applications are open now. Mm-hmm. Our new housing, Hornet uh, Commons, on the south end of the campus was only about 50% full. Mm-hmm. This is the brand-new housing. Mm-hmm. And so there is opportunity there. I think the hardest thing for students is all of the different apartment complexes that surround the university yeah. mm-hmm. that we and students wish we had influence on, but we don't. They're private businesses. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We know that. We did an episode on that one. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, I do get a lot of, of emails sometimes from students or their parents who are very frustrated with the different apartment complexes. and. I so wish there was more that I could do there. I feel really helpless, to be honest. Yeah, mm. it's it's tough with those situations, and they're all privately owned 
yeah. like basically for for profit businesses. Like mm-hmm. the amount of money that they make per unit, it's a lot of money. It's insane. It's, it's more than a, a mortgage on a almost million dollar house. Like, and it is a supply and demand issue, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. if there's if they, it's just like the, you know, the large shipping companies right now, which are going to post amazing profits in the billions, but you know, local store owners who can't get their product or they're having to pay for storage at a port, you know, this is part of capitalism. This is part of what happens in the economy. And it's not a part I enjoy, but it's definitely one that exists. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, housing uh, students, if you're watching this, we did do an episode on housing. So go through, we went through a lot of the floor plans on the different complexes outside of school. And we also went over the prices for um, the different options that the school has for on-campus living too. So if that's something that you're needing to look into urgently for the spring, go check out that episode. Well, it would have, to be, the, it have to be the Horn of Commons because the, uh, they're not doing half of your leases. I mean, unless you take somebody else's lease. Yeah, and some, some, some of the places do have openings. Yeah, you know. just do your research. Some, just look it up. Yeah, look, look it up. Uh, there's going to be, like they said, for on-campus students that are graduating and with like a lease takeover where you're kind of be gonna get put into a situation so but either way if you just need housing in order to make be able to make it to campus mm-hmm. that episode can be you know of a use. helpful resource yeah for of sure. use y'all. to be kind of like a voice for the residents over on north village i know that i've heard a lot of people saying how much it has changed especially at the market at the dc everything's mm-hmm. like just so different now do you think maybe for the spring semester things will kind of like look better in terms of like options at those eateries? Or? It's a great question. Um, I'm not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so as, as some students may be aware, we also moved. Um, uh, we have a contract with a large company called Aramark now. That's our food service provider. Um, it's one that's very common in universities throughout the United States. And so there's been some challenges for them coming on board and Mm -hmm. and doing things. I think some of that has smoothed out. Some of it still exists. And some of it, again, is supply chain issue. You know, when you, the same thing that's happening to to people in grocery stores is happening to us. Trader Joe's. Uh, Yeah, I know. It's rough right now, honestly. (laughs) Like, just this past weekend, we have so many items that are just like normal items that we can't get for import issues, right? Because of COVID. Like all our Italian food and Italian products, we're not getting any of it. So our frozen Italian section was just fettuccine. That was yeah. it. Oh, wow. Full, like 10 facings was just fettuccine. Jeez. And people would come up to us and ask us, and it's like, yo, a lot of our you know, main products are imported from Italy. And right now we're having problems getting them through customs, getting mm-hmm. it over the ports. Mm-hmm. And so we just simply can't order it. We yeah. just can't fill the shelf. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, it may or may not. I think some, some of those are within their control. Some of the issues are not. Mm-hmm. But I, I hope it'll continue. I know they're working at it, and I hope it will continue to get better. For sure. Absolutely. Any other uh, c- concerns I'm, I'm not thinking of that the students asked uh-huh. about? That was my main thing. It was just the uh, next year, next, next, uh, next semester. Um, that's all I got. Do you have anything else for no. Well, I do want to remind students, I'll take a quick, just this ahead, is my two-second commercial. Please do. Um, <laughs> commercial. You know, we have had the, uh, the benefit of these Higher Education Emergency Relief Fund Act, or you probably hear about HERF money that's out there that uh, we again in the spring will be sending out direct payments to students. And these CARES supplemental grants, our CARES office, 
will continue to be able to do grants uh, into the spring. The hard part of this is that funding will run out in the spring. Mm. And so, you know, if you're running into financial issues, if you're, you've got challenges, this is the time to ask about it um, and know that it'll be there in the spring. Our biggest worry is those, a lot of those expenses won't go away in the year 22, 23, mm -hmm. but that funding will. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a big concern for us. President Nelson is, is very worried about it. Um, and we're really working to try to identify other ways, other types of funding. You know, we're working hard on, on um, working with donors to try to raise money, but that large federal influx of money will, won't be sustained. And I just think it's important that students know that. Yeah, 100%. And I also feel like, for the students that maybe haven't heard of this yet, I've been like telling all of my friends at the moment, they're like, what? I had no idea. But the Hornet Bookstore is currently offering a yes. gift card um, mm -hmm. for a new, brand new laptop. So you get either, I believe it was $250, $600, or $900 off a brand new laptop. I literally just got a MacBook Air for like $150 because of that grant. So that's also an amazing thing to like kind of take advantage of and utilize. So I highly recommend everyone to like go out there, check out the Hornet Bookstore. I know they said that the grants are going to run now middle uh, December of December. 17th. December yeah. 17th. Mm -hmm. So yeah, make sure to get on that and um, check it out. That's a great reminder because that, yeah. that money actually comes again from this Higher Education mm -hmm. Emergency Relief Act mm -hmm. or HERF. Mm -hmm. And that's, so it's temporary money. Yeah. So get, get a laptop while you can. Get a laptop. Get a laptop. I think we've had over 4,000 students do it so See? far. Yeah. Oh, and wow. when I went, like when I went in to get my laptop, it was like pretty busy as well. So like students mm -hmm. are aware, but some people don't know. Mm -hmm. So you can get a MacBook or a Dell laptop. Yeah, there was like, like a Dell, like two types of Dells, a MacBook Pro, a MacBook Air. And I think those were the four yeah. options. It all came out in the email. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, there, that, and when you that go was there... A, that was a joke. Oh. <laughs> there, there, there was an email, but I was trying to get you to laugh at me. Definitely. But uh, yeah, when you go into the bookstore and you go, let's say you're walking in, you go to the right, there's that section with the technology. And the laptops that are part of the program have a green circle next to them. So yeah. if you go to the bookstore and just look for the computers with the green dot next to them, those are the ones that are available for that, that discounted rate. Yeah. So. And you can look online. For those of you that aren't, aren't in the Sacramento area, you mm -hmm. can look in the bookstore online too. Yeah. Yeah. And where can they find the HERF application? Or the CARES so it goes to the, to the CARES area, C-A-R-E-S, CARES. That's our uh, uh, case uh, management and uh, emergency loan area. Uh, Danielle Munoz is the director of that. So many students know Danielle. Mm -hmm. But if you just look up CARES, C-A-R-E-S, on the Sac State website, you'll find it. And then look for supplemental HERF application. Supplemental HERF application. Hashtag mm -hmm. break the stigma. Hashtag yes. break the stigma. All right. I think we, I think we covered a lot of uh, you know, useful information for the students. I want to switch it up now a little we're bit. we're going to have fun. Yeah, I want to switch <laughs> it up a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit, sure. you know. One thing that you've always... Uh, put me on to was a lot of music from you know the 70s and the 80s different bands and different things of that nature and I always watch them and always you give me the background and I'm very appreciative because I learn a lot of things a lot of different terms a lot of different you know types of music that was cool back then and, and in <laughs> and so I went ahead and sent you a few songs you did from like today you know today's top 100 
And I kind of want to walk through a few of them. Uh-huh. And just kind of, were you able to get to... I watched to- them all. I had a blast. <laughs> I, I love learning about new music, and that's probably the hardest part. Uh, I will just say in general of getting older is you, you know, there's a, there are times, there are decades in your life where for whatever reason you just remember the music. Yeah. You're so connected to it. And then later, what you realize is you're still listening to that same music, <laughs> and, but there's all this new music coming out and you're just not aware of it. Yeah. So I, I love that you sent me new stuff. Yeah, so I sent you uh, five songs that are you know, pretty popular, whether they're from just the Billboard Top 100 or <laughs> TikTok, you know, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And the first one we sent was a, is a big hit right now, and it's Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic. And mm. they just dropped an entire album. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like the lead single they dropped first. <laughs> Chef's and yeah, I think it was a ten out of ten. It was great. Uh, Bruno Mars and mm-hmm. Anderson Pack, two like great musicians. What did you think of that song? <laughs> I, I loved that song. You know, it takes me back to me. Um, it's really reminiscent a lot of the R and B that I listened to growing up. Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, and I, and I love Bruno Mars. I think he's really helped to a resurgence of that Absolutely. style of music. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, you know, are listening to. Uh, a lot of Sam Cooke or Marvin Gaye, Gladys Knight, Aretha mm-hmm. Franklin. If you go back into some of that music, you know, you're going to hear similar undertones. Now, mm-hmm. what I liked yeah. about Silk Sonic is that it's updated, right? This yeah, is new. Absolutely. It was fresh. I'm going to admit that I downloaded the, the, <laughs> uh, the song and, and I'm looking at more of their songs. I was going to say the album. Hopefully more, everybody knows what an album is. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I really enjoyed that and uh, and have been... Actually, I've played it a few times uh, since yeah. you sent it to me, but it, it is <laughs> definitely tones of what of the music I loved growing up mm-hmm. in a in a fresh and new, innovative way that I think is it's it's what uh, I don't know if you would hear it as groove music. Yeah, no, I hear it. Is. We called it wave. Do you know what wave? No. no. So if you're listening to music and you start to do this, <laughs> you know, that's when I was growing up, that was waving, right? Okay. So it, it made your body wave. And then, the, you know, before me and after me, it was called groove. Okay. okay. But um, we were doing some weird things. I was in college in the <laughs> early 80s, if you look at the hairstyles back then and clothing, but we used to wave a lot. Oh, my God. Makes sense. That's well, funny. they did just drop an album this past Friday, and mm. it's, uh, I think it's, it's eight or ten songs. It's nine. Nine songs. And I, I mean, I yeah, love it. It's love great. That. So I think you should check keep it out. Send, keep sending me I that. It follows that theme. It, is <laughs> it follows that theme. So uh-huh. you know, check that one out. The second one was a pop out by Blast. What did you think about that one? Um, this is the one that um, they were using a little of the auto tone, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and that's a that I'm going to admit to you. I hope <laughs> I hope we don't get a lot of comments for this, but I'm not a big fan of auto tone. Mm. Um, I remember in the early '90s the song that Damon Wayans came out with it, and he performed on the Grammys. You probably don't know about that, but if you if you um, if you Google Damon Wayans and the Grammys, you're going to see him perform. He's a very talented individual. It was Absolutely. a concert pianist, mm. you know. Growing up, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know about him, or most people don't. But he was using the auto-tune, and then, of course, Cher's Believe hit was auto-tune, and I was mm-hmm. just like, but I want to hear the voice. You know, yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm not a big fan of synth- synthetic music, mm-hmm. okay. although for me, there was a lot of synthetic music in the 70s as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the guitar wah-wah that Peter Frampton used, <laughs> but, you know, I love Peter Frampton. I was never a big fan of the guitar wah-wah. <laughs> yeah. So it's really, I, I was listening to it, and I thought, I like this song, but I just, I wish I could hear... 
his voice. The natural voice, not yeah. the auto-tune, because I get the feeling there's a nice tonality to his voice, mm -hmm. and I didn't get to hear that. Mm -hmm. That's what I love. And he's, you, so He's a critic. I love absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, so, <laughs> so was that the song, just to, just to see we're on the same page, was that the song that was just only one person on it? That's the one you're talking I think about? so. Okay, makes sense. I think so. Because I know the, the next song I'm about to name, one of the artists thrives off auto tune. Oh, yes. Right, yes. The, the next song was uh, Way Too Sexy by Drake and Future. Mm -hmm. And there was a sample on that one, and I'm sure you definitely... I, I heard the auto tune there, but I love, uh, you know, I love basically the throwback to Right Said Fred mm -hmm. and I'm Too Sexy. If you haven't seen that video, it came out, I think, in 92. Um, that's the year I turned 30. I was living in, in Washington, D.C. I was still going out a lot or yeah. taking the train up to Philly or New York, flying down to Atlanta or Miami, and that song was just everywhere. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and so I love that throwback to it. Um, it, it. It was pretty fun. The other thing about that song, and I don't know if you uh, know about or thought about this, but are you familiar with the song uh, Let's Get Physical? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, which by which artist though? There's like two yeah, or three of them, isn't it? I'm sorry. That, uh, yeah. I, 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 which one are you talking about? So, um, gosh, her name popped out of my head. Uh, let's get physical. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, get yeah, physical. Yeah. Say it again. Olivia Newton John, right? So, if you've seen her video. <laughs> Which was, I think, like '87. I was that yeah. was uh, I had graduated I from video. college, mm -hmm. but look at at Drake's video. Look at her video, and I'm like, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely loved what he did. So there's two or three influences in there that yeah. he did his own spin on. I just I I would watch that video again and again. It made me smile, made me laugh out loud. Yeah, it's a fun song and it's really yeah. popular right now. It's like I didn't top know. Five I would have never known if you hadn't sent me that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah, it's like top five I think right now mm -hmm. in the country. So <laughs> in the world probably to yeah. be honest. The next one was a big on TikTok. Oh, and Drake did the the um, thing to Rambo as well in that one too, didn't he? To Rambo. There's an homage to Rambo in the middle of that in the, song. In the, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, mm -hmm. So the next song, it was big on TikTok, and it was Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo. What do mm -hmm. you think about that one? You know, again, I, it's a very fun song. Um, I, I love the lyrics. The, I, I didn't mean to do this, but I had the um, closed caption turned on when I was watching. Yeah. So I was able to actually see the lyrics while I was watching. Um, it's pretty funny. Um, there's... Um, uh, hey, Mickey, if you remember that song. Um, no, there's a song very similar to that from the 80s that is uh, pretty funny and still uses the, soul, the cheerleader vibe and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's a different, uh, different subject matter again, but I just thought there's kind of another little uh, throwback song, but very fun. It was pretty funny. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. That one was big. There was like a, th that chorus part that was used for many videos on TikTok, and it kind of has, like, I, I think what people appreciate about her is the fact that she's able to give you so many different <coughs> tones in her voice mm -hmm. throughout one song. Like she, you can, by the way she's singing, you can tell her emotions, like about whatever mm -hmm. she's talking Th this about. This is what song? Cause I, Good I, for you. I don't know if I've heard it. Good for you, you look happy and healthy. Nope. Know me yeah. if you ever care to ask. Yeah, come on, man. Nope. All right. Heard when it. you hear it, you're going to know. <laughs> Maybe. The last one is uh, obviously a personal favorite of mine. Uh, Essence by Wizkid and Thames. Uh, mm -hmm. That's an Afrobeat song. song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Wizkid's for sure from Nigeria. Thames, Great song. I'm not really sure. 
But that was a huge hit too. And then there was a remix that came Did out. Did you with, send him the one with Justin? No, no I didn't send him the one because no. he's not. I sent all music videos so he can see the people oh, and see like the Justin's things. Justin's in one. Mm-hmm. There's a music video with Justin. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I I thought they just did a lyric video. Mm. But no, I sent him. And I'm I'm not a huge fan of the Justin one. So okay. I didn't. Well, I didn't. I didn't see that one. Yeah. So there's a there's a remix with Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he has a verse at the end of it. And I can send you that one after. And, and you tell me which one you prefer. No, no. Here, here. <laughs> Go ahead. Do you could have you heard the song Peaches by Justin Bieber? I, I don't really listen to Justin Bieber. Okay. <laughs> if, if we're, if we're going to talk about Justin Bieber, listen, listen to that one. Listen to That's that a good one. one. Okay. Well, Justin Bieber has I, a lot of good songs. Yeah, I actually yes, have never really listened to him, so... Um I know who he is, but I've never listened to his music. Yeah, that's that's one of his more recent ones that are that have actually okay. like, that one was okay. that one pop for sure. But it was definitely different from the other ones. So it was, you know, and again, think? it's it's smooth. Uh, it was it was definitely a groove. I enjoyed it. It's a very sensuous song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, no, I I thought it was great. It, that's you know the type of music that. Um, if I'm working on something, that that's what I want to have in the background. It's because yeah. it, mm. it's soothing, I guess, is the word that comes yeah. to my yeah. mind. It's it's calm, it's soothing. It just kind of puts you in a mm-hmm. in a cool mood. Absolutely. And then if you're working on something, that, you know, if students are doing homework or whatever, if I'm doing stuff for work, I have that on in the background, then, you know, everything's just mellow. Yeah, it's a good mm-hmm. vibe, definitely. And her mm-hmm. Thames's voice is, is great for that. She has, like, a mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. unique voice, and it is... Exactly that. Soothing. Yeah. It makes you feel good. Yeah, soothing was good. the word that I came up with Definitely. for that one. So, yeah, I really liked that video. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed four out of the five songs. Yeah, but, <laughs> I, I actually liked, I liked the other one. Again, I, I liked the song. I just wanted to hear his voice without the auto-tune. Yeah. I thought there should be an auto-tune version and a non-auto-tune <laughs> version. Like I, and you used to not be able to do that live either So that until they made that microphone. microphone. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you could find a, like an unplugged version somewhere that I, that's what I would listen to. For mm-hmm. sure. And I, I think a lot nowadays, I mean, there, there are some artists who rely heavily on auto-tune. You know, mm-hmm. one of those would be like Travis Scott, right? Yeah. His whole... T-Pain. Catalog. Future. Well, t- but T- T-Pain can actually sing. He can actually sing, though. T-Pain, without, he's done it many times where he sang without the auto-tune. Fantastic. And, and that's what made him sound so good with auto-tune was the fact that his he voice... He actually can't sing. Yeah, and it was just completely mm-hmm. different. He kind of shook the game. But, no. Not, with, another thing that's coming back from the pandemic is live music. Yeah. Absolutely. I so missed live music. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And actually, WizKids and Thames, they performed in Sacramento. Oh, did they? Yeah, that oh, was the okay. first ever... Uh, it was a... An, an Afrobeat concert, a festival was called Lost in Rhythm, and they came and they oh, performed I heard together. Oh, I yeah. heard of that. I didn't. I didn't get there. It was at the the railroads. Yeah. yeah there so. was a uh, this last weekend. It was day in Vegas. Oh Every, yeah. Everybody in went Vegas. to Vegas. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it was like this our, one of our students, Sac State student, won the World Championships of Uno in Vegas this weekend. Oh, really? What? Yeah. Check that out on on the, oh, what's on the Sacramento Bay. I bet I beat him. World, I bet I beat him. Right. I didn't know there was. Uh, now I'm about to join the tournament. Let's get him on the podcast. Uh, let's get him, him on the podcast. Hey, I, will him on the podcast. I will play yes, him on the podcast. One on one, Uno, and I won't lose because I don't lose in Uno. I don't know. He I won the lose. world let's, championship. I mean, see, yeah. I didn't know there was a world championship for that. I would have been tried since I was you like eight. I, I, why? Why are you hating on my dreams? I'm not hating on. I'm just saying you wouldn't. That's what it is. You 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 woke up this Any, morning and chose anyway, to drink Gatorade. Anyway, anyway, this happens a lot. Yes. Huh? Yeah, all the time. He's like, he just woke up and the first thing he said, I'm not going to drink water. I'm not going to drink chocolate milk. 
I'm gonna sip on this haterade. That's what that's what hey, you drink. Hey, hey. I don't even drink chocolate <laughs> milk. That's that's how much you know. Just, Who drinks chocolate milk? I do. I enjoy chocolate milk. I used to like chocolate milk. Chocolate milk is great. It's good for your bones too. It's milk. Yeah, it's chocolate though. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you're <laughs> and, and live music obviously coming back is great. Uh, the last part of this episode, I know you've listened to the language language episode, and for mm-hmm. those of you who haven't or maybe just tuning in, this may be your first episode. Go back. Listen to this language episode. We had Luis Kismission, our other boss. supervisor. Yeah, boss, big boss dog, on the episode. And we, we schooled him, even though he'll say he schooled We're going to have to run that one back for yeah, sure. Yeah, we have to get him back <laughs> on and do a part two because there's so many words even since then. Mm-hmm. And we came up with a few new words. Just a few of them. Not new words, but different from they yeah, weren't the ones because you listened ones. to the episode. So we, we have some different ones. And we kind of want to just give you the word and, and you tell us what you think it means. Okay, I'm If ready. you don't know what it is. Let's do it. First one is uh, candy, like something is candy. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave out a lot of candy to students, or, or to young, young people on Halloween the other night. <laughs> okay, but if somebody says, man, I just had a... Uh, it's an adjective. Is it, is it an adjective? Yeah, yeah it's, it's an describing adjective. something. It's, an no, it's candy, that's candy. Honestly, I don't even know this. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> it tastes good. Because okay. normally you associate candy with something that's like sweet and it tastes good. Ah, uh, see, I'm so. not a big fan of candy. Same. But it's not only used <laughs> to describe candy. I'm Excuse understanding me. that. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I, it's not a word I would probably use, use. in that way. Okay. It's like if I had a really good steak, because I actually had, I had a really, really Man, good steak. It's candy. Candy, dude. Candy. It's ridiculous. It was it's on a cruise. Thing. It was on a cruise. I had it for, I had it for dessert. That's Never. how good that steak was. That's how good. You had a dessert steak. I had a dessert. Never steak. heard of it. Oh That's my crazy. God. Uh, next one is is bread. I love bread. <laughs> Somebody asked me the other day what my strengths and weaknesses were, and I said, "Well, my weaknesses are definitely carbs." <laughs> like, and, and actually, our our new uh, ingrained our restaurant on campus now came up with some sort of new bread. I don't know what kind it is, but man, it was good. With like this garlic butter, I loved it. So again, bread is also a wonderful band from the eighties. The they had many hits, <laughs> and it's also money, right? There so if you make a lot of bread, yeah, if you're is. rolling in the dough, yeah, exactly. That's that's, that's what it is, money. See, you're already doing better than Luis. That's funny. Mm-hmm. See, that's uh, funny. goat. If somebody says, "Man, you're the goat," greatest of all time. There, there it is. is. Look at that, killing it. You're the goat. Uh, salty. Right. Oh, they're salty. Um, like a little bit. Promudgingly, or what you mean by that's, salty? That's out of my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god! What do you think it means? So, salty? Uh, it's like when you're bitter about something. Like, oh, she's yeah. salty about the situation. Yeah, yeah. that's what look up curmudgeonly. Curmudgeonly. Yeah, if somebody's a curmudgeon, they're kind of bitter about everything. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. uh, what about Gucci? Um, well, there's a new movie coming out. I noticed. Um, that about Gucci, the the actual um, brand brand that I, I think would be and Lady Gaga is going to star in it. She looks uh-huh. really interesting. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to guess like what high dollar or something. I don't know. Uh, more like a. It's good. It's good. Like good. It's Gucci. Gucci. That's Gucci. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. Gucci. That's good. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, how about thirsty? Thirsty meaning that you well, uh, I've. Heard students use that in the capacity that they won't talk about on the <laughs> podcast, but uh, 
really desirous of something. Yeah. Trying too hard to get his <laughs> yeah. attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody who tries really hard to get attention. Exactly. Somebody yeah. that's yeah. what yeah. I won't discuss. Okay. Exactly. And the that's last funny. the last word. By the way, he's killing it. No, for real. Like how, how are you beating Luis is younger than you. How are you beating Luis? <laughs> well, see, I, I like the study of words. I like vocabulary and finding out where they come from, how mm. they've changed over time. See? That to he, me is interesting. Yeah, he didn't agree with that. <laughs> he felt as if what we use is it doesn't make sense. Blasphemous. <laughs> right? The last word is tea. Mm-hmm. Like give me the tea or the... the yeah. 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 He, wow. killed it. He, aced, he aced the exam. <laughs> he killed it. Wow. Yeah. We got we to gotta come harder next time. There you go. Yeah. See, I'm older, but I'm not that out of touch, yeah, right? It's because he talks to students. Is that, that's, that's how you know. That's how, how I know. know. How how you know. Students tell me if you don't, Absolutely. don't interact with students, you can't stay up on stuff. You can't stay <laughs> fresh. Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> next time right. we have Dr. Mills on, we're going to have to have a different... Different set of you words. You can challenge me again. Challenge. I'll uh, I'll bring some for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it'll yeah, be absolutely. it'll be far out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know that one. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you so much. Of this course, has been really course. fun. Absolutely. I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you for coming on. Finally, after so long. Yeah, I we're really appreciate it. On. Thank you all. And uh, yeah, we we had a great episode. I hope the students got some information and a bit of entertainment as well. Uh, once again, I'm the home. I'm Malachi. I was putting them. And I'm SB. That's right. And stingers up. Stingers up. Stingers up. Yeah, everybody. (laughs) Bye-bye. Absolutely. So, till next time.